0: Some TV shows and movies are really great. Well, some are maybe better left on the plate. Spend a thousand years picking through the rubble. So, what if there's a podcast that can save you the trouble? So, pop some corn, stir up a martini. It's What
1: Are You Watching with Chris Mancini? Hey, friends, welcome to What Are You Watching. I am your host, Chris Mancini. This is the show where we interview comedians and entertainment pros and find out what the people who make entertainment are watching. Uh, I also want to mention that there's uh, new stuff in the store, from Mugs to a Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood blanket. Also, we did a crossover episode of Quiet Journeys with the Sleep With Me podcast, where Scooter and Agatha read one of Professor Atwood's stories as only they can. That is out now, so please check that out. Now, this is kind of exciting. This is a uh, this is a first For the actual uh, show, we have our first sponsor and our first White Cat Adventures Club shout-out tier patron or patron tier. However, uh, you want to order those words. And hey, that's growth. We uh, couldn't be happier. That's pretty cool. So, our new sponsor is Tiny Wizards. That's right. Tiny Wizards. Uh, French Fried Magic, Chubby Vegan Unicorns. Rampaging battles between chicken tender golems and ketchup packet golems and a royal power struggle amid active deep fryers and makes this debut comic book issue of Tiny Wizards a must-have. Penned by Eben Bergoon and illustrated by Dean uh, Beatty, this new comic book series uh, shakes up the majesty of the fantasy genre by bringing it into the trenches of fast food joints. And of course, asks you if you want fries with that shake. Now, the debut issue is available now as a digital download with print books shipping this summer. Visit uh, www.tiny-wizards.com. That's tiny-wizards.com for a free sample. And uh, guess what? You know, because you listen to this show, White Cat Entertainment fans get 15% off their order with the code Meow. meow. That's right. Meow, M-E-O-W, M-E-O-W, as one big all-caps word. So check it out, Tiny Wizards. It's a lot of fun. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And now, our shout-out tier on the Patreon. That's the $25 level where you'll get mentioned in every episode. Uh, Folks, listen to the Home Dance Film Festival podcast. You like independent film? So do Jessica and Dylan. Join them as they discuss two films that played at the Sundance Film Festival and one that didn't, plus some bonus content thrown in. Their Twitter handle is at Pod. Now, this is a limited uh, Patreon member tier, so uh, we have about, I think I set it at 10, so there's nine left. But uh, So if anyone else wants their company, show, or project mentioned on every show, sign up at patreon.com slash whitecatentertainment. So thanks, guys, for the support. Much, much appreciated. Now, folks, I have a very special guest today. He's a let's just say a a legacy tv writer going all the way back to dare i say it bosom buddies with tom hanks and he's also been a bit of a mentor to me over the years ladies and gentlemen please welcome jack carrero
0: jack how are you i'm doing all right now that we got everything working
1: yeah, yeah, I think uh, we're actually recording, so that's a good that's a good sign. <laughs> so now make sure you speak directly into your microphone. That's the that's there probably part of the web there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, I bought it special.
1: Nice. Okay. Now Jack, uh, we've known each other for a long time. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you've been up to and also uh, a little bit about your legacy. Because when we go back, we the, you've worked on classic sitcoms from *Bosom and Buddies to Mr. Belvedere to Alice. Uh, what was it like uh, in that golden age of television?
0: Yeah, it was... Um, boy, it was like uh, tape nights, film nights were like uh, opening a play every night. It was kind of, you know, you, you worked all week, uh, table reading rehearsals read-throughs uh up till four o'clock in the morning and uh, being very competitive a comedy room a uh, comedy writer room is very very competitive but you got to try to stay friends <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot of topping you know oh well you think that's funny Wait, you, you know
1: but uh, I'm sure that's changed completely over the oh, years in comedy yeah. rooms.
0: Yeah. There's just more people in comedy rooms. I'm amazed why uh, reading credits when you can read credits, they go by so mm-hmm. fast. I uh, you know, we started taking the Evan Lube Wood course um, that there's like just like 20, 30 people, it seems like, you know, and they're all producers. There's no writers. Yeah. Uh, you know, except <laughs> the, the beginning when it says written by. But mm-hmm. back then there were story editors, and I don't think they have that anymore. Script consultants, story consultants, um, and then you know you 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 earn your wings if you got a producer part in your title, like co-producer. Well, uh, the closest I like, ever got was executive story consultant. Well, wasn't
1: it like a um like like almost like a a career ladder? Like you started out as staff writer, but then each step was a, a um. Uh, a way up to showrunner which was executive producer so right. what, what were the tears
0: well the tears then were uh my <laughs> the tears then were hey leave the job as security at 20th century fox and get paid less to come and sit in a writing room but we're not giving you any credit we're paying you uh, about a hundred dollars less a week um that was the first tier for me then it was um uh, going on a uh, bosom buddies was actually my first one and that was uh i was teamed with another writer who i never met uh but it was a way for the show to save money because they could hire um they paper teamed uh two people and paid one salary so we split what one story editor would get so then you would go from story editor to the next year um We did write things together, but we were given solo assignments, too. So we were able to uh, do a little bit more that way. But then it was uh, executive story editor and then uh, executive. I think it just went right to co-producer from there, Hmm. uh, from executive story editor. And but then for it went to EP at the, the end,
1: right? I mean, that's huh? still kind of the top, the executive producer.
0: Executive producer at the end, yeah. But nowadays, like I say, you read credits, and and it's like they everybody's a co-producer, right? You know, or you know, uh, back uh, when I was doing this in the '80s, they actually even put the production assistants' names in the credit, which it's. You know, that was the guy that went out and got coffee or the young lady that, you know, typed for us or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's changed. Um, I don't know.
1: You still see the PAs on features. You know, you could still get oh, the yeah. <laughs> they still get the credits there.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, In fact, I see a guy uh, uh, who was uh, an assistant director on the movie Nine to Five when I was a security guard and get, didn't get a credit, but he got a credit. And I see his name every once in a while. <laughs> you know, oh, I remember that guy. But that was, you know, that was like 1979,
1: 80. Now, you worked on Bosom Buddies. This was before people even knew who Tom Hanks was. Like, what? And everyone says he was the nicest guy ever. So uh, tell us a Tom Hanks story.
0: Okay, Tom Hanks story. Um, okay, um, they, this is before I met him. His... his uh, his ex-wife, uh, God rest her, she passed away quite a few years ago. Anyway, his first wife um, tells us, told me that, that uh, when the pilot was made, there was a long time between when it got picked up. They weren't even sure it was going to get picked up. In fact, uh, he wasn't originally cast in the part. The part was cast, let's see, Perry King. Whoop an actor named Perry King was cast in the part of uh, uh, Kip Wilson. So um, there was a long time in between, but unfortunately, you know, you have to buy groceries and pay rent. And by not getting paid um, in the meantime, uh, they were running out of money. And so they made kind of this, they had their little baby, Colin Hanks, and uh, they we were discussing Tom sleeping on somebody's couch in Southern California. And uh, Sam, his first wife, would go back to Sacramento where she had family. And they would wait there until, you know, something happened. So uh, they made this decision while sitting at the merry-go-round at Griffith Park. And they were sitting on a bench, much like Walt Disney was sitting <laughs> on the bench, at Griffith Park when he got the idea for Disneyland. And uh, they looked down and there was a $50 bill. And they jumped up and down, went and bought uh, food for the baby and diapers and the whole nine yards. And when they got home, there was a message on uh, Tom's service that the pilot sold me. He's supposed to come back. come to work that next Monday. So that, that wow. that's a story I was told. <laughs> and I had a reason for, it, for her to, to lie about it. And I can't ask her now, so... <laughs> <laughs> confirm so, um, it
1: now but, when you uh you were you were on bosom buddies for a while like how many years were you there? it was
0: just, it, it went for two years it went two, for years, two years yeah i, I feel like
1: you know our our memories of these classic shows like feel like they lasted much longer than they actually did like star trek oh that went for like five or six years right oh, yeah, like, yeah, no yeah, yeah. no <laughs> yeah
0: bosom buddies yeah during that time uh, uh my my son was born during that show um uh you know there were uh, a, a lot of stuff going on in life, and life it just adjusting to it i mean there was writers strikes there was an actor strike i mean i went to work on bosom buddies was so thrilled and 6 week, weeks later i was laid off because of the strike yeah uh so that went for a while then when the show returned um the uh they the executive producer and co-creator chris thompson uh let go of a couple of people and i didn't had no reason to think i would stay because i was new but because i was so cheap <laughs> i got to stay <laughs> but it was it was it was interesting because i was i had just turned 30 in that july so i was on the show at, tw- at age 29 promised my folks if I didn't find anything like in the writing business by the time I was thirty, that I would consider something else. That was a lie because I never really considered anything else. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, we, we always tell tell that lie to our families and to ourselves. And yeah, like,
0: well, it, it, maybe it's going to
1: happen at thirty-one. So let me—I I can't stop now.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the beginning, and then from there, um, I read. Uh, Like I say, my uh, son was born, uh, one of many now, but um, uh, Matt was born, and I uh, got an agent. Well, the agent got me. It was one of those things where I did this all without an agent, and then the agent said, well, come on, you don't have an agent. I can be your agent. Well, basically, when we got picked up for the second season, Paramount called me at home I was in San Jose and they called me at my folks home and said okay this is what you're getting this is how many weeks it's for and uh you get a parking place on the lot so I said okay well you know I have an agent and they said oh okay so I got gave them the number and then an hour later my agent called and said okay I fought like a son of a bitch but I got you this uh the, the same amount that Paramount told me and, and then he said he really had to go to the wall on this one. He got me a parking place on the wall. So, <laughs> so I paid 10% to this guy and yeah, uh, 10% uh,
1: for an exaggeration.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, it, it, that the beginning was, you know, it was one of those things where I would sit in my office and go, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. And then one day I actually uh, went. Ah, what do I owe this to? And then I remember the drama class in high school, and uh, I called my school and I went down and I attended classes and uh, talked to kids in drama classes and just said, "Okay, you can, you know, do this um, because this is where I am now." Now, of course, I don't. I, I went to the same high school that Adrian Barbeau went to. <laughs> she went there a few years before me so I I don't I doubt that Adrian went back and talked to them but but I did.
1: <laughs> well, Jack, now I have to ask you. Um you've made a bunch of classic television and uh but now what are you watching?
0: Well, if, like I tell you I I was just watching this crime thing on YouTube where they you go You remember the name the, of it? Uh, oh, what is it called? Nah What's the name of that <laughs> show i was watching? <laughs> okay, one thing I can tell you that I'm watching, and I'm really quite impressed with it. Although I'm getting a little worn down by the character. Oh
1: wait, no. I, I, even though if you don't know the name of it, let's hear about this YouTube show because oh, okay. uh, you were telling me beforehand that that uh, uh, sounds interesting. Maybe okay, we'll Google so and they find do it eventually.
0: It's <clears throat> is, is they you know they it's all done with real footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, find a crime. What, what was the one? Um, the, the Jodi Ariana's uh, killed uh, her boyfriend who had broken up with her, and she. Uh, so they showed her getting busted, you know, uh, brought into an interrogation room, told to admit to it, and they have all the footage. And then they have the the footage. It goes all the way to her trial, and then you know they have the sentencing, but it's all real footage with a narrator uh there was another one where this woman arranged to have her husband killed and they had the footage from her talking to the informant from the cops (laughs) (laughs) they have her in the car uh they had her uh, basically make the deal and then when they busted her she sat there and denied it and they said well we have footage of it no 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 (laughs) no no it wasn't her, me. The husband she tried to kill was talking to her on the phone and said, "Why should I help you? You tried to kill me." Oh no, I saw the same stuff you saw, and it was all fake. It, no, that wasn't. That <laughs> didn't. What you saw was not what you saw. So it was, you know, the ultimate gaslight. Yeah. Um, but that was just recently. Like the the other show that watching is, uh, and I, like I say, I'm getting a little worn by the characters. Is Superstore.
1: Oh, Superstar has been on for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, mm. you know, when you get Hulu.
1: Yeah, yeah, you catch up on stuff. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've actually even been watching, um, because as you can tell, I'm a little bit older. Um, I've been watching Unsold Pilots on YouTube. There's a thing called Forsaken Westerns. Mm-hmm. And this guy hosts these cowboy shows that didn't make it. And so, or some of them where they lost all the episodes but one or two. So I oh was. Oh my a god, real, that's crazy! Like most kids my age in the in that time was I was into well because eighty percent of the shows on TV were were uh, westerns.
1: Like Bonanza, The Rifleman, stuff like oh, that.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But this one, this one goes into uh, starts in like nineteen fifty one. So and and I was one, so that's not. I didn't remember that one. But, well, I'm uh, going
1: to go even a, a little further back. Over the weekend, because um, we also have Hulu, I, I was just kind of flipping around, um, and I found um, Boomerang, which is an old cartoon network, which they, they ah. show old classic cartoons. Wow. And they had like a Looney Tunes marathon. So ah. I'm watching these cartoons that I grew up with, and I, and the thing that struck me immediately was there's no way... A cartoon like this would ever be made ever again in any lifetime.
0: Oh, from no. Going
1: no. There's no. no, I mean, cause people are getting shot with in the face or people. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and rabbits and ducks and, uh, <laughs> and no one ever dies, of course, cause it's a cartoon. But right. the, the, the way that he used, um, guns and explosions and, right. Because back then it was unheard of that, uh, children would ever get shot. Um, so. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, first of all, some of the, some of the stuff kind of holds up and the animation isn't as bad as I thought it would be. But one of the things I don't like is that, uh, these, um, networks find the need to not present these, um, this classic programming in its original aspect ratio. So everything is stretched out on the screen. So it doesn't even look like it was supposed to. Uh, so it makes no sense. I mean, I'd rather see the sidebars, you know, the the, you know, vertical letterbox just do that It's I understand that these are old. You don't have to fill my six, you know, my 60-some-inch television with an old cartoon It's fine, right? Uh, right. So so I'm watching these and um, I was thoroughly enjoying them and you know, they, they um, whisked me all the way back to my childhood watching these uh, growing up and I also remember, too, that, like, there was stuff when I was a kid that I didn't quite understand, like, um, there were a lot of, uh, World War II cartoons. Yeah, the ones there. with like, Hitler. I, yeah, but, and there were ones like that, but there were also ones that were a little more, uh, subtle, like, they weren't like, all right, this is the one with, um, you know, racist Japanese anime,
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, right, uh, soldiers,
1: right. but one of them was, uh. It was a normal cartoon, you know, and Bugs Bunny got superpowers. It was a parody on Superman. You know, he would mm-hmm. eat carrots and, uh, you know, he would fight a bad guy who was trying to eradicate all the rabbits. Right. And um, uh, at the end, just at a random thing, he just went, well, sorry, I, I can't play with you anymore. Um, and uh, <laughs> he he goes into the phone booth because that's people don't even know the Superman used to change his outfit in a in a phone booth.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: Um, So he came back in a um, a Marine Corps uniform and he said, sorry, I can't play with you anymore. These are these are the real heroes. And um, he walked past a sign that said this way to Berlin and Tokyo. And then that's how the cartoon ended.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. We talk about the unacceptable. um, uh, I read a review on the new Disneyland uh, opening uh, the Snow White ride. Okay. And they said, Oh, there's all this really neat stuff and they've they've, you know, enhanced all the animation and blah blah blah. But there's still the un what was it? What is it called? The unwanted kiss.
1: Oh my god, I know. Where the and and
0: it's like so I think So we're gonna cancel fairy
1: tales next. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no.
0: I, I, I think I posted on Facebook that okay, well as long as we're into that, let's talk about You know, the treatment of uh, the mental handicapped uh, in Dopey, you know, or little little people in general. Uh, said, and, and then I don't get me started on Warner Brothers, those bastards. You know, or the animal treatment in Lady and the Tramp or yeah. 101 Dalmatians. My God, she wanted to skin a bunch of dogs. It's so, uh- the, you know, old entertainment is
1: not going to hold up uh, under certain, yeah. <laughs> under scrutiny. Yeah. Let's, let's just accept that. Yeah. Um, watch it with, you know, with, with that, uh, in mind and move on and not get angry about it's a, a cartoon. uh, a a, a, a pretend fairy tale kiss that broke a spell. Now, you know, if you really want to get technical about it, if you were in a, um, uh, if you were in a sleep spell and you had to pick, well, do you want a, um, an unwanted kiss? Or do you want to remain asleep for hundreds of years and the rest of your life? Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. if she could speak, she might say, all right, you know what? I'll take the kiss. I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it'll break an evil curse and, a, and an evil magic spell, I'll, um, know, I'll your, allow it. The key is
0: she wasn't asked.
1: oh i i know it's 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 amazing how like you know there's certain things you think okay well i can understand that complaint and there's we'll we'll fix that and we'll make this better there's always something that you're like really really is that what we're gonna get mad about when there's a a thousand other things you could get angry at well how about um how about all the cast members pay that uh (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> you, you know, the, and their benefits that you just walked past.
0: that Those are real people. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you could be a little more concerned with, uh, yeah. with that. Uh, but they'll so, complain and, about an unwanted kiss and let – yeah, you'll see a movie, a John Wayne movie, the next hour that talks about killing krauts. Yeah. But they're yeah. not going to – well, it's gonna.
1: amazing how, like, if, if, if every tough guy movie in the 70s and even the, um, like, I think there was Street Fighter was one of them, too. Like, not even American ones, just literally all over the globe, there was always yeah. a a scene where the the hero would like take a girl and kiss him and she would get mad and and yeah, bang you know him. hit yeah. him but then by the end of the movie then she liked it then it was yeah. okay so yeah exactly um, exactly yeah so so but is that okay now of course not but does that mean i'm never going to watch a uh, a 70s cop <laughs> or tough guy movie again right. no so right uh, but it, it's, again, we have to, uh, it's easy to criticize while looking at things through contemporary lenses. <laughs> so, right, uh, right. you have to take things as uh, products of their time. And fairy tales fall into that category.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, so, exactly. So, anyway, um, uh, Jack, what else are you watching? Something that was not on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Something not on YouTube, um, you know. I, with being a member of the Writers Guild, um, you know, I always get the the when there's going to be voting. No, they did this last year. They sent uh, DVDs of all the the movies. They sent DVDs last year, not links. No, they sent some links, but mostly I got, God, I got a ton of DVDs and uh, scripts. They would send the script like in a book form, and because
1: um, that's whatever writer wants to do is read someone else's script who's been exactly nominated.
0: <laughs> unless he's looking for things. Yeah, wow, that's a good line. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, um, and and I saw a couple, you know, that that I really liked. Um, uh, Land, I liked, but not mm-hmm. I didn't go crazy over. And yeah, one of the I, reasons just, I, I just had that it,
1: discussion with somebody else. I, I felt the exact same way.
0: Yeah, but, that, you know, my, the the highlight of the movie was, uh, for me, was seeing um, um, the girl at uh, my gas station that I go to. They filmed it. <laughs> they filmed it here in Fallon, Nevada. Mm-hmm. They filmed mm-hmm. a lot of it. And, and she was actually at the Twin Peaks gas station that I go to all the time. So oh. I was kind of... Kind of. I thought they should put a plaque up or something.
1: Well, wait. Um, she's there all the time. Is she really a nomad? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Um, what was? The, oh, the uh, I saw an enjoyable Tom Hanks movie because I try to catch him, mm-hmm. and then and a and one where he wrote it, and I was like, all he did was take a Navy manual and take everything out of the Navy manual for commands and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was no.
1: Was this Greyhound?
0: Are you Greyhound. talking about? Yeah. Yes.
1: I saw Greyhound.
0: Yeah. All it was was a bunch of naval commands and I didn't really get a, I didn't really know who that guy was.
1: You know, well, the, you know what it was? I, I, I kind of like, uh, it really felt like Black Hawk Down on a submarine where it was really just about this one mission, not really about the characters. It was really just about this action and that was pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, a, and, a, and a, you know, an excuse to use, uh, what, what is it called, CGI or whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, CGI, yeah.
0: <laughs> now, that, see, that was another thing about when when I was on Bosom Buddies. They were filming um, Winds Greyhound? of War. They were
1: doing them simultaneously?
0: <laughs> they were doing Winds of War. Oh, the, my God, I remember that, yeah. And the tank uh, at Warner Brothers, you know, where the big sky is?
1: Mm-hmm. the big
0: sky wall
1: yeah the big water tank yeah
0: okay the tank there was where i used to where i parked when my agent got me that lot great right got me a parking spot on the lot he gets me a parking spot that's going to be underwater <laughs> um they had all the stuff out there and i mean it was all miniatures um the the ships were like uh, you know eight nine feet long and they had all this detail on them and it was kind of cool seeing that stuff but now you know, you can just make up whatever you want on a, on a computer. Well, the attack
1: on Pearl Harbor and Winds of War was, like, supposedly the one, that was, like, the money shot that everyone was, like, waiting for. And yeah. uh, the one that were, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And uh, it was super short. and uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, um, you had to wade through another six to eight hours of uh, Winds of War, of Robert Mitchum talking to, uh, mm-hmm. to get to it.
0: Right, exactly. But, uh yeah yeah. so i mean that was one of those advantages but yeah i and then i liked i liked the to- what was that news of the world
1: oh i haven't seen that tell me about that one
0: okay that is one where uh, hanks has a job as a uh a guy that goes around to these towns out west this is like in the 1870s 1880s and he goes to the towns and um his job is to sit and read the newspaper.
1: That's to, his job. Out loud.
0: Out loud to the, the, the citizens in the town. So they, they would, can't read. Right, they can't read uh, and they they being out in the middle of nowhere, they'd have no idea what was going on. So he would come in and he would just read the the news from back east and that type of thing. And that was basically his job. And
1: I'm really curious about that. Like, do they get into like, like who employs you for that? Is that like a government job or is the actual newspaper like? uh,
0: Wow. You know? Oh, no. You know what it was? The town donated. They would ah, contribute money. They would Mm -hmm. pass the hat Mm -hmm. and contribute money. And then he he ends up uh, uh, with this little kid who he's going to take back to. Uh, the the family, because it got, the kid got ki- kidnapped by Indians or something like that. And so his journey is taking this uh, little girl back to her family and along the way, you know, meets all sorts of nefarious characters that try to take her away and, you know, that type of thing. And he fights them off. Um, and that one I, I, I enjoyed. Cause he fights was, him
1: off with his newspaper reading skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. Paper cuts, you know, <laughs> um but he uh you know he was pretty good in that and it was like the first time i'd ever seen him in a western so um that at, at least i think that's his first western isn't
1: it i'm trying to think i, I almost said road to perdition but that was a crime movie yeah, that, that was 30, uh, kind of felt like a western but no it was yeah, yeah it no. was a it was a uh no horse crime drama um,
0: yeah but yeah i think that was his first western and uh, mm. you know it's he, he was he was he was good in that because he was an actual character that uh, you know had uh, like depth Whereas, like i say the 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 other one I, I just you know I was in the navy and it just felt like he was reading out of the manual you know all the commands and everything where you know so i i wasn't i wasn't that impressed with it and, you know the fact that he wrote it I thought, oh, come on, Tom, you know, I liked, uh, what was it? The thing you do, but that was basically about garage bands. Yeah. And I know he wrote that screenplay, mm-hmm. but I never crossed into his territory. He'd stay away from mine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I did. I think I did a bit part on a domestic life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played an old grizzled cowboy and they had to age me up for that.
1: <laughs> well, nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um, uh, but now um, – uh, but now, you know, working would on – Would you stuff. recommend
1: News of the World? I mean, did you like yeah, it I as would, far I, as, a, as a film?
0: Yeah, I would recommend it. It's I, You know, I like – I've always liked Westerns um, when they're done well. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, – it, it's the old John Ford thing of letting the landscape uh, do the talking for you, show how big it really was back then, the right. wide open spaces and stuff. hmm and how really unsanitary the towns were. <laughs> of course. I mean, come on, you know. So, I mean, if you have like your, you know, the, the 16th president of the United States has one of his kids die of, you know, poisoning from bad water, you got to know that, that yeah. you know, in those towns, <laughs> they didn't really stand a chance. So...
1: No, yeah. If you if you survive the water, you could survive anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... um but, uh, yeah, no, I, I recommend it. It's, it's a nice outdoorsy type thing. And uh, I like – I'm not as into message pictures as a lot of people. Um, I, I, because when I was a little kid, we went to those big movie palaces. And you went and got entertained and you escaped into that world. And then when you came out, uh, you know, after 50 cartoons and two features. It, and a newsreel. It, it, it changed. You know, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was dark outside and um, kind of hits you in the face that, okay, you're back to reality. But I guess I was more of a movie fan than a film fan, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and this is probably blasphemy on this type of show. (laughs) But when I first saw Citizen Kane, I went, okay, I really like the camera angles and they're different, but eh. (laughs) Oh, Jack.
1: I know well, I, I would here's the thing um, if you were talking about Mank, I would agree with you
0: uh, I, I, you know I did see that
1: oh my god yeah, but I would don't it,
0: really that here's the deal I only remembered I saw it when you mentioned it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I that we agree with but I <laughs> so would like, recommend oh, yeah.
0: give Give Citizen
1: Kane another go and uh with it. oh
0: I have I I watch it every once in a while I'll I'll watch through it you know when it when it comes on but I kind of know what's you know, now you know what's going to happen. Yes. And, um, yeah. Spoiler. But, uh, no, I've always been impressed by the uh, cinematography, which I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But I like the shadows uh, and, and the different camera angles and stuff.
1: Sure. I mean, yeah, um, it's a film school in a uh, movie. But a Citizen King.
0: The first time I, I realized that maybe I do pay more attention to tech, you know, the 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 uh, uh, logistics of making a movie was. Um when I saw Jaws, okay, mm-hmm. uh when the Academy Awards came up, they said Verna Fields, and I went, you know what? I really liked the editing. I didn't really know how that worked all the time, but I think that would really that she she won the Academy Award. And now
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I it must have impressed, you know, somebody who was a layman, you know, I knew from a writing standpoint. But, um, you know, I liked watching it from how uh, the, the famous scene where the dog goes in the water and the kid goes in the water and somebody else goes in the water. So it's like three potential victims and right. she keeps cutting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then they do a false thingy where the guy's looking for his dog. Right. And you think, oh, the poor dog. Well, it yeah. wasn't the dog at all.
1: <laughs> Editing builds tension. I mean, that's yeah, kind of yeah. the, uh, the point. Yeah, Yeah. of of doing it well.
0: Yeah. So um, uh, that was my first tech thingy where I kind of looked at something and said, okay, I think that that's good. But, you know, and then I started, when I got into comedy, started thinking of it in terms of um, uh, camera angles. You know, like when you do a a, a fast close-up of somebody's expression. Or um, I always figured that people... every time they would open a a sitcom now i don't know if it's still true i guess it kind of is i saw it uh, in superstore they'll open and it's not like business was going on before the camera came up you know before the lights came up Mm -hmm. it's like life was going on before this camera went on but you usually had everybody in one place and they go, okay, action. And then everybody starts moving. And you go, okay, it looked like they all started from a stop. Right. D- am I making sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, uh, when, when you look at, like, the way, you know, certain directors shoot scenes, TV or film, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, like e- when you have the attention to detail, like, say, like a Capra would do, like uh, mm-hmm. he would give every single extra um, uh, a motivation like would just mm-hmm. walking past like uh from a you know a train station or whatever like all right mm-hmm. you're home you're going home you've been on a business trip and you know you're late for dinner like he would literally give everyone motivation so every single person uh, on the in the frame had a purpose and something to do to make it feel more organic and real so it never looked like um oh everything just was stopped and everything's starting now that the camera is here so right
0: Right, um, it, yeah. it,
1: it really is. Um, you, you can see the difference sometimes when that attention to detail is, uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is uh, made for sure. But, um,
0: yeah. I, and, and like I say, with sitcoms, I always wondered if they still do them the same way where um, you would go in and you'd say, okay, this, my pitch is uh, uh, Kip and Henry get into a big argument over who's controlling the money. Um, Kip, is more intent on going on a skiing trip with Sonny. So he tells Henry to do whatever he wants. Henry buys some hot, uh, hot uh, items, ends up in jail. Okay. So they go, Oh, that's funny. Where's the act break?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Cause the you go put in commercials.
0: Okay. And, and with, with those shows in that time, yeah, it was one commercial. It's 22 minutes mm-hmm. and you put in one commercial and, uh, then, if you went a little over then you didn't have time for a tag or you wanted to make sure that the tag wasn't necessarily had to do with the story because if it went into syndication you didn't want um uh to you know have people come there the story didn't finish in other words mm-hmm. you try to finish the story then you do a, a tag and being the the new guys on the block when i got started on bosom on buddies is um you, me and my writing partner were stuck with the you know they go okay go to your office and come out with a tag mm-hmm. and so you'd have to come out with something that was completely unrelated unre- that didn't wrap up the story and- well
1: and now i mean back then like syndication was where um a lot of the money was for television like they would try to get a show to a certain amount of episodes so mm-hmm. they could go into syndication that right. was where everyone would make money i remember i had a uh a meeting with a syndicated um, uh, a syndication company and the executive I'll never forget this he actually said to me well you know there's not really any money in syndication no one really makes money in, in syndication and i i almost went then why is your parking lot filled with lexuses so yeah yeah <laughs> so, why, well, what are you yeah. talking about
0: yeah well that was like that that certain agent that we were talking to about the project that we were thinking about he yeah. that he told me Oh uh, well, you know it's harder to no. You know actually, it was a guy that was the head of an agency mm-hmm. told me. Well, it's not like back when you were doing it. Now there's hardly any markets, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm hardly paying for 250 channels. Yeah, there's got to be somewhere.
1: Yeah, chances are, yeah, there. Yeah, there's more buyers than ever before. Yeah. Um, so. and, and the other thing too is now you don't even need a buyer anymore. You know, you could literally just go on YouTube like that crime show that you uh <laughs> that you were yeah. watching like yeah that's probably not even on a network i mean they were probably literally putting that on youtube yeah um,
0: yeah well so. if, yeah if you can get people that are uh dedicated to it think you don't have to pay <laughs> <I guess. laughs> you know so well, that's
1: always how it starts for sure um But, you know, now nowadays, too, with corporations coming into things like podcasting and and, you know, even YouTube, like there is there are budgets behind these shows now, which is which is interesting where there didn't used to be any. Um, We haven't really reached a balance yet. Like, I think, like, you know, corporations are throwing money around here and there, but they're not really sure how to make it back yet. Like, you know, it's always the old motto, well, we'll throw a little bit of money into a podcast and then we'll sell it then as a TV show or a movie. And I'm like, well, yeah, that doesn't always work that way. There's plenty of podcasts that just make plenty of money on their own and they're not really worried about a TV or or film deal. But then if you're trying to make a movie or a TV show, Mm. um, is the podcast the best way to start if that's the right, you know, it's... It's a lot of uh, trial and error, touch and go. But, uh, you know, I will say this. I've never been happier to see the barrier for entry um, lowest. So anyone yeah. can start a podcast. Anyone, you know, can um, yeah. uh, do any of these things. Put uh, videos up on TikTok or, or um, uh, YouTube. It's, it's leveled the playing field. And given everyone a voice, which is great and horrifying at the same time. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because you do end up with some stuff that you don't want.
1: You know. That would rather be, that should probably not exist. Uh, but uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. But, um, yeah, s- it's a long way since the pilot season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like fun to me, too. Like, every once in a while, see, like, a pilot that, uh, you know, um, never went anywhere and i'm sure there's some diamonds in the rough there where you're like why didn't this one go and then then there's ones that are like yeah i could see why no one wanted this
0: yeah we well my pilot story was uh i worked on a, a a series that steve martin was the executive producer and martin Mull was the the star of and uh we did a presentation what was this one called this sounds like a great show already it was called domestic life Uh uh-huh and we ended up only making 13 episodes or 16 i can't remember but it basically martin played a guy on a news program who did a segment about you know how to uh household hints and that type of thing and family hints and and how you know outings for the family and his family was like in complete chaos all the time Mm -hmm. so oh you probably identify with he had a teenage daughter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: and a, <laughs> nice. And a
0: son, a mm-hmm. younger son, uh, mm-hmm. who was like a financial wizard. So uh, uh, what happened was we did a presentation for uh, NBC uh, with uh, a couple of different actors in these parts. and um, they passed on it. And the the thing that was interesting about doing the presentation the night we had an audience in. And warm up was Bob Saget, uh, backed by Steve Martin and in the audience was Tom Hanks and his wife.
1: (laughs) It was like, this is your life, Jack Carrero.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's really weird. So we, um, did the presentation, NBC passed on it. And so they went and sold it to CBS and, um, That was one of the few times when I got to be on TV (laughs) (laughs) because I played his boss. Martin's boss was like a a poor man's Gene Autry, Mm -hmm. the guy that owned the TV station. And uh, we had Hoyt Axton play this guy. And uh, Hoyt's character was Rip Steele, who used to make uh, uh, Westerns in the 50s with his sidekick, Happy Pete. Or Happy, yeah, Happy Pete. So what happened was uh, uh, they put me on a poster with Hoyt Axton. We went on the back (laughs) lot and shot uh, stills of us, like me in the water trough and that type of thing. And um, when we decided that we wanted to bring the Hoyt Axton character back... Uh, we wanted to show some footage of one of his films and so they said okay well jack has to be happy pete again so that then i got to be treated like an actor you know the dressing room and and right. makeup person and, and all that and uh uh got to be in a scene with uh with hoyt axton <laughs> mm-hmm. Very cool. and i got well, paid more so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, well i mean like, I, I, know, I, you, I, I know i know we could go than, on we could go on forever with stories upon stories, but I, uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask sure. you this, like, um, you know, what are you looking forward to like getting back into the movie theaters? Is there a show coming up you're interested in? Like what, what's got you excited for, uh, uh, that's coming out or up?
0: Uh, boy, you know, I haven't been to a movie since Dan <laughs> and Ollie. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah you know what's got me excited seriously and you could probably identify with it is my own writing I mean I'm still working on things I mean mm-hmm. we have a thing that we're still I've not given up on yeah um, but <laughs>
1: yeah I we, have... we collaborated on a uh, a project the uh um the Alton Wright show it's actually Bill Dwyer was just on the show he's the oh. right-wing conservative host and it's uh, it's on YouTube now Our, speaking of pilots Yeah, Laura House and uh, Graham Elwood's in it. It's uh, the Alton Wright Show. Check it out on uh, YouTube.
0: I just did a plug. I mean, I started a plug.
1: Well, I I did it for you, but yes. Yeah, you
0: finished the (laughs) plug. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I have uh, screenplays that I'm, you know, I'm going to be 71 in July.
1: Oh, congratulations, sir. What's
0: happening is my my inhibitions are really, really dropping (laughs) because I'm saying, you know what? Uh, I don't have that much longer, so I really want to, you know, the hell with it. So what can they say? It's like uh, the, the guy that uh, uh, I work for this auction company, and one of the owner's good friends is Helen Mirren and, and uh, um, Taylor Hackford. And I've seen Taylor Hackford a few times. But I've never brought anything up because I didn't want to embarrass the own, you know, that type of thing. But now I'm getting to the point where if I see Helen Mirren sitting in the parking lot talking on her cell phone, I'm going for it. You know? Well, I'm just you know, gonna the say, auction you know houses like,
1: where all the film networking happens. So yeah, that's... Out in the
0: parking lot at an auction house
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: in Reno, Nevada.
1: Yeah, take advantage.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's and, – and I just – uh I've been trying to get in touch with Bill Murray because I have an idea there. And I understand it's just a phone call.
1: Yeah, you got to just leave him a message and see if he calls you back.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just got to get the phone number. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm I sure could've...
1: it's one Google search away. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, things like that. And then one of these days, you know, I'll uh, talk Tom Hanks into doing something. But yeah, you never know. Not? You
1: got nothing to lose. Well, that's yeah, great. Exactly. I'm glad to hear you're still... Uh, prolifically uh putting things out for sure and into the world um so you know i I was thinking about it too and i've got i I am kind of in the disney plus camp where i'm looking forward to uh, black widow but also i've been watching um uh looking forward to the bad batch that's a a new star wars show that's on um um disney plus because i'm a a big star wars fan i don't like everything that's been put out for star wars clearly Mm -hmm. but uh um this new one looks pretty good. I saw the um the pilot. I'm anxious to see how this uh comes out. It's basically a bunch of clones that uh go rogue and uh they actually have different abilities and they were genetically enhanced and uh um now the Empire's hunting for them. So I'm always I'm always a fan of uh, Renegades on the Run who are um you don't wanna get involved with me, kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so Renegades
1: I'm on all, the, the, the Run, famous Revenge movie. So I'm I'm, I'm um, um I'm curious to see how that pans out for sure. Hmm. So, uh, well, folks, um, I want to thank you guys for listening and also to mention to please join the Patreon White Cat Adventurers Club, where for only five bucks a month, you get early access to this show and also bonus episode every month only for members. This month, Neil and I talk about the Academy Awards and if they are still relevant. Although (laughs) it seems like the... Uh, Golden Globes or beating them to the bottom of irrelevancy. So I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing that that is happening, but yeah. um, inevitable. <laughs> uh, you also get early access to other podcasts like the storytelling comedy Relaxation Adventure Show, The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood, and the horror Twilight Zone-style podcast anthology Conversations from the Abyss, in addition to other bonus content. Like I said, member tiers started only 5 bucks a month, and it helps tremendously. And like I said... Uh, There's more room for the $25 shout-out tier as well. And thanks again for Jessica uh, jumping in on that. And for more info and other merchandise, you can go to whitecatentertainment.com. You can get t-shirts, signed books and graphic novels, mugs, blankets, and more. You can also join a monthly mailing list. But, of course, there's other ways to help, too. Spread the word about the show on socials or rate and review to get them tracking quicker. And follow on Twitter and Facebook at White Cat Stories. Just look for the white cat either sleeping or flying with a jetpack. And you can also contact me through the website about advertising or anything else that's on your mind. Thanks, everyone. And thanks, Jack. We will uh, talk to you You're soon. You're welcome. Okay, bud. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.